Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, August 12th, 2021. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Uh, Ashley, as we have mentioned a couple times on the show this week, Grace and I will be doing this week on Broadway. You yeah. would normally be a part of that as well, but you had plans um, already for this weekend. Uh, Grace and I have confirmed not who our guest will be. Oh, but who our guests will be. More than one. We will reveal that later in the episode. You already know who it is. Shut up. Um, (laughs) So we will reveal that later in the episode. So make sure that you stick with us here on Today on Broadway. But of course, you can hear that episode before anybody else at patreon.com slash broadwayradio. And depending on how the said interviews go... Uh, Maybe there will be some bonus extra content specifically for the Patreon people. Um, So always get involved on that. We'll talk about Patreon more here in a second. But before we get into the news proper, Ashley, I know Mm. your little foodie heart um, was very excited to hear on Wednesday that Joe Allen will be reopening a week from yesterday yeah. on Wednesday, August 18th. It's another one of those restaurants I've never been to because uh, I, I never have time to go. Um, and previously, as as we've discussed, uh, the palate of a 10-year-old, though you are improving, you tell me. Yeah, I just, yeah, but I mean, it's, it, it's less to do with that. Like, I can always find something good. I mean, like, they've got True. steak and chicken. I'm just, like, they have very good burgers. Here. They have very good yeah, burgers. Yeah, too. Um, I just usually don't have time for, like, nicer sit-down stuff when I go to New York because I'm, like, running between shows drink. and working. And I don't drink. Yeah. yeah. So... So that's it, too. But very excited about that. It will reopen on August 18th. <laughs> I do all lots- those things. <laughs> yes. In abundance. Yeah, like yeah. the heatest uh, I am. Yes, you are. Yes. that Yes. yes. <laughs> um, we have all the details in the show notes for how they're taking reservations, what their hours will be, all of their COVID requirements, all Hell of that yes. stuff uh, in the show notes. Yay. But, Ashley... We need to get into the news, and oh my God. holy hell, there was oh a lot God. of it yesterday. Yeah. We were we were planning on running a short show. I mentioned yesterday that I had an interview that we might do on uh, Thursday's show. That wasn't going to happen with <laughs> Whoops, all this news. We had like a 10-minute news show planned, and then like 2 o'clock on Wednesday. I was like, cool, you're not doing that anymore. A, a news deluge. And yeah. Ooh, first beautiful. and foremost... Uh, you like that? Um, first and foremost, <laughs> the story that we actually scooped earlier this week has been confirmed, and that is that stage and screen star Beanie Feldstein has been cast as Fanny Bryce, the titular role in the Broadway <laughs> revival. A funny girl. Thank you for the uh, for for the uh, Ladybird reference there. Anyway, um, the show will be coming to Broadway this spring in a theater to be named. I have heard the booth, um, according mm. to the Equity casting call. I believe it said uh, April second would be the first preview, mm. um, which would of course be spring. Now, as I mentioned on Monday's show, this is a bit of a reunion for director Michael Mayer and producer Sonia Friedman, who. They worked together while Sonia was the artistic director at London's Meunier Chocolate Factory, and they did a revival back in 2015, I believe, that starred Sheridan Smith. I said on Monday that I'm assuming this is a revival uh, or a transfer of yeah. that production. However, according to the press release from Wednesday, they insist that this will be a brand new production, despite the fact that, like the London revival, 
This version will feature the revised book by Harvey Firestein yeah. that he worked on for that production six uh, years ago. A thing I completely forgot about and that I, I knew that. was yeah. deep in my brain somewhere until Mr. Robbie Rizal reminded me, but it was a lovely surprise on Wednesday for me nonetheless. Yeah, I had it was one of the talking points that I wanted to bring up when we talked yeah. about it on on Monday's episode and we just kind of went other directions and I didn't sure. mention it. But um, so this might not be a direct transfer using air quotes, but it's obviously going to share some DNA with the Menier production with the right. producer, book adapter and director. But I know a lot of people who saw that run or the West End transfer or the pro tape that's been around for a few years and is still available out there somewhere. Mm. Um, they are really hoping that they employ some new, more lush, full orchestrations because apparently uh, that is something that had to be skimped on because of the small confines of the Menier. Ah, yeah. So, okay. Ashley, we already talked about Beanie as Fanny on Monday's episode. Um, so I don't know that we need to say anything more about no. that. But do you have any other thoughts uh, about yesterday's announcement? Uh, like I said, I'm extremely excited excited that Harvey is rewriting the book. I think the book needs a major rewrite, and I obviously didn't see the Chocolate Factory production, or have I seen Pro Tape or anything. Um, So I will be very curious to see what actual actual changes have been made. And also, as you mentioned, like the orchestrations, I didn't... You know, it makes sense now that you say it, but I didn't realize that they cut down those orchestrations, and I'm guessing, based on the size of the Chocolate Factory, they were really pretty bare-bones. Uh, and I think you have a lot more opportunity bringing it to Broadway, especially if you end up in something like the booth, um, which I, you know, I feel like is probably the best fit for that. The only thing. One of them. Yeah. It's in, a tiny house. It's a tiny house. And the only thing, like you said, uh, I mean, the only thing that's going to be there right now is Freestyle of Supreme. They don't have anything scheduled coming up in the spring, so it seems mm-hmm. like that's probably the most likely bet for that. But that's something – it's a tiny house, but it's also uh, – you could definitely fill out the orchestrations with that. Uh, not even like having a big band, but really building the orchestrations off of that closer to the original. Yeah, and, and that's something that a lot of people who love this show um – really uh really want to see i'm going through i'm going through the shows that have played there and it looks like the last musical um i mean act of god had music but that wasn't really a musical musical so the last one would have been next to normal and that had the small band on stage going back yeah then there was you know in the early 90s both most happy fella and once on this island um i don't know what most happy fella did then of course in 1984 sunday in the park um originated Mm -hmm. there so not a ton of musicals but certainly depending on how big the size actually is um of the band or the orchestra maybe there's maybe there's some room backstage or underneath to fit that in that's what i'm curious about because you mentioned sunday obviously which is a very different Mm -hmm. (laughs) orchestra Traded show than say next to normal as far as like how you're gonna like what pieces you need in your band so I don't know if this I don't know how many the pit holds comfortably I don't know if they've made any changes since then it's very possible that they have and also we have to take into consideration you know it's quote-unquote post-pandemic, so some of that stuff is going to change as well yeah. in terms of, like, how many people you can fit in enclosed spaces. 
Uh, so mm-hmm. I, that's really something that I'm looking at when we're kind of talking about the orchestrations there and how, I mean, it's a classic musical. I think you have to fill out that sound and people are going to go into, people are going to go into this show expecting a lot of things. Um, as we kind of talked about with cool. Beanie, uh, the other day and trying to get away from that, but they're certainly going to, if nothing else, they're going to be expecting those orchestrations. And I think if they're going to, make other changes uh, and play around a bit with it. I think that's something that they absolutely have to have set in stone there. And I d- did not see the pro tape, um, but mm. the one other thing that might be in their favor is the fact that this is, you know, a, a lot of it is set on and around an actual, I don't know if it's techn- was technically a Broadway stage or not, but it's a, it's a show about show people or a show yeah. person, um, so that they might be able to work in having some actual instruments on stage if they wanted to. True. But true, true. Anyway. John Doyle directing. John Doyle is, <laughs> Beanie needs to learn how to play the cello there really fast. There you go. Get on it, girl. You got time. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Yesterday, the American Theater Wing and the Broadway League confirmed what I had actually teased a few weeks ago. And that is the Tony Awards will be t- coming to us from the Winter Garden Theater, the Winter Garden Theater, which will presumably eventually be the home of the Music Man revival. However, since that Broadway house is much smaller than the traditional Radio City venue for the awards, they will also have a secondary location as a watch party for industry insiders, specifically, presumably down the bill producers and maybe other Broadway worker bees and deemed not important enough to make it into the main room. (laughs) And, and that watch party will be at Broadway's Broadway theater. And it will also feature live entertainment and its own hosts. It's not exactly clear if that means like, the the musicals and performances will happen at the Broadway and the awards will happen at the Winter Garden or if like the there will be a host like on camera host for the Winter Garden and another one for the Broadway if this will just be like people talking during commercials we we don't really know what any of this means because it's the league in the wing and of course they haven't communicated any information at this point um but the tonys will also be having a uh, tented after party for all attendees uh and they will everybody will need to provide proof of vaccination for entry into the broadway and or winter garden again the tonys will take place on sunday september 26th in a four-hour ceremony Split between Paramount Plus and CBS. Ashley, you sighed momentarily a few <laughs> seconds ago. Yeah. What was that sigh concerning? I just think it's so ridiculous. I, I don't understand this, and maybe there's a good logical reason behind this. Uh, but I personally don't see it, especially as we're In kind what regard? Of, what, which part don't you uh, understand? Well, certainly the dual venues, I would Got say. Okay. Uh, especially as we're ramping up. I mean, I mean, we're one, this seems like it's cost prohibitive on their part, and maybe that's incorrect. It's also we're ramping up in terms of like the Delta variant and everything. So now you have two separate situations where anything could go wrong. Any kind of outbreak could go wrong. Uh, it just, it doesn't, nothing behind the Tonys at this point and the league and the wings seem wise, but this just doesn't seem wise to me. 
It's already a mess with the four hour yeah. Paramount Plus nonsense. See, I don't mind. I don't mind that as much, which we've talked about before. But yeah. that's another thing. right. My my only thing is that we've had Tony's in very recent memory at smaller venues when Radio City was booked, thanks to I believe yeah. Harvey Weinstein. Um, and they've had him at the Beacon. It's been fine. Right. Not everyone got to go. Like I don't necessarily understand the need for this, especially if they're going to be putting like producers for shows um, that are even Tony nominated over there. Like, is that necessary? Like who's going to be, right. let me pull up my little handy dandy chart. The winter garden seats, um, pull oh, the winter garden okay. seats, 1500 people. Yeah. Is there really going to be just put the, the, the voters, the nominees in there and then fill it in with anybody else. Like I, there's not 1500 nominees, right? Like, uh, you know, casts obviously included as well. And I know they're uh, treating it in terms of like a lot of people are going to want to go. Cause this is going to be the first big theater event of the season where it's usually the end of a season, but it's the beginning of the season technically. Uh, and people haven't, you really had an opportunity to do something like this in 15, 16 months. But again, this is, the worst possible time for this already, regardless of proof of vaccination, which I have a lot of uh, mixed feelings about, and as we've increasingly seen. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't get this. I, I, I think it's a really odd decision, and I kind of think it, especially splitting it up into venues like this, like it kind of defeats the purpose if uh, we want to have this big celebration for people. Like you're splitting, you're splitting yeah, it into odd. two camps. <laughs> just yeah. have, just have, as you said, one venue, like 1500 people and keep it that way. I mean, there's always going to be after parties. If people are going to have them, there's always going to be, I mean, God knows members of the press are allocated into one tiny little box anyway. So it's in the basement in or, the next, base. door. Yeah, often, or next, door. Yeah. next door. Or next door. Yeah. 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 Weird. Anyway, all right, Odd. let's wrap up this section. Um, the Broadway production of Passover announced yesterday that they would be moving up their opening night by three full weeks from September 12th to August 22nd, so a week from this coming Sunday. In a statement, producer Matt Ross said, quote, We built our schedule with more time than we would need, knowing there was a real possibility we would need to delay rehearsals or previews. Thanks to the extraordinary work of everyone in our in this company, We've been able to safely mount this production on schedule, and we're now able to advance our opening night to August 22nd. The production will still hold a large party on September 12th to accommodate those who had planned for that date. Now, Ashley, this very well might be the case, and I applaud the company for getting through rehearsals and a full mm -hmm. week of previews with no COVID hiccups. But I think the more realistic, if not a little cynical side of me, um, thinks that this is more than likely about the show not selling super mm. well and they want to get what are likely to be very favorable favorable reviews out into the world three weeks sooner to hopefully goose up that box office um am i crazy or just a crabby old man to think that uh both i mean always <laughs> no honestly I'm <laughs> Honestly, I think it's a little bit of both. I think they gave themselves 
an excess of time to kind of do previews. Um, and they probably didn't really need it. I think there's also a factor of, like I already mentioned, the variant coming up. So I think people are a little on their toes about what could happen coming up in the fall as far as theater. And, you know, we've already talked about how we're feeling tentative about indoor theater at the moment. I'm sure that sentiment's going to kind of increase as we get closer to the winter months. I know they're only supposed to run till what, what, October, October 10th or something. But yeah, I, I, I think you're right in terms of, I think they are looking to kind of get that wave of opening night reviews coming in where they can start really advertising based on that, advertising based on those pull quotes that they need. And I think that's fine. I think that's fair of the, a lot of the shows that are, I mean, this is the earliest show that's opening, but the next coming shows are all shows that have been running for a while, like Wicked, Hamilton, mm-hmm. Hades Town. Like they don't, they don't need the same press that Passover needs. So I'm fine with them doing this. Totally. All right, real quick, I want to talk about um, our Patreon and reveal who Grace and I will be speaking to. Knock on wood, and uh, you know, hopefully nothing happens between now and uh, when the interview is. But Grace and I will be speaking to the first couple of Broadway. The one and only Andy Carl and the single yes. name only needed or Faye. Um, we're going to be talking about not only their history on Broadway together and separate, also their, um, their concerts and album legally bound, as well as everything else that they have going on, um, uh, coming out of the pandemic. They are absolutely fantastic performers and great individuals, and uh, Grace and I are very much looking forward to the, to talking to them. So don't forget, if you want to hear that before anybody else and hear probably some um, some exclusive content, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio and broadwayradio.com slash patreon. All right, so real quick, we've got some more news, and unfortunately, Ashley, I'm going to have to crush all of your hopes and dreams <laughs> with this first story, okay. <laughs> because Christian Borel will not be playing Rooster Ugh. Hannigan in NBC's upcoming Annie Live. However, <laughs> in his place will be five-time Emmy nominee and stage icon, the one and only Titus Burgess. He will play opposite the previously announced Taraji P. Henson, who will be Rooster's sister, Miss Hannigan, as well as Nicole Scherzinger and Harry Connick Jr. as Grace Farrell and Zaddy Warbucks. The latest <laughs> NBC... I do it, it for sounds, Grace. I know you do, and it sounds so awful coming out of your mouth. Am I just not somebody who can get away with saying zaddy on a regular basis? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know about okay. it. I'm a little too square but, for that, is but, that it? But please keep on doing it, because it makes me laugh every time. Okay, that's what I'm here for. Anyway, yeah, the latest exactly. NBC Live musical will air on December 2nd. Ashley, I know you had your heart set on Christian, yeah. but this is a pretty good consolation this prize, I have to imagine. This is very good. I like this a lot, honestly. I mean, Christian Burrow will now, thanks Grace, be my dream cast forever. It haunts my every waking hour. And hopefully we'll get an Annie production eventually where he will be Rooster and I can, you know, cry happy tears. But this is really good. Uh, and I am looking forward to Titus just belting the hell out of Easy Street. Yeah, absolutely. And like we said, they probably only have two adult principals left. Yeah. Um, with with uh, Lily St. Regis and maybe the star to be, depending on how they do yeah. that. 
Um, but we were kind of having this conversation. It is interesting that so far, Harry Connick Jr. is the only white person um, in this principal cast. And I would assume, based off of how this story works, that the Annie will be a person of color, a yeah. young a young girl of color as well. Don't know what's going to happen with Lily, but um, it is um, interesting and noteworthy that so far of the four cast members, three of them are are um, either black or Filipino. Extremely, so. extremely glad to see. Yep. Um, real quick, sticking with things that are happening on screen. Yesterday, it was announced that Netflix's upcoming feature film adaptation of Jonathan Larson's Tick, Tick, Boom will first be released in select theaters and film festivals on November 12th. And then it will be available on Netflix the following week on November 19th. Of course, this stars Andrew Garfield at all and marks the directorial debut of, of one up and coming storyteller, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, good luck. Yeah. Hope. Hope you have a career, bud. Anyway, in very different other news on Wednesday, it was announced that the Actors' Equity Association has reached a new collective bargaining agreement with the Off-Broadway League. According to a release, quote, the agreement reflects a shared commitment to deliver a contract that addresses the, sh- the challenges caused by the COVID-19 pandemic and includes new workplace safety guidelines and long-term financial stability for actors, stage managers, and producers. The agreement also has new provisions that strengthen diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives and protocols for addressing issues of harassment and discrimination. The agreement is being retroactively applied to beginning on August 1st and will be in place through July 28th of 2024. We will have a link with more uh, complete and specific details on the new CBA in the show notes. And finally, in this section, Off-Broadway's Signature Theater announced their 2021-22 season uh, on Wednesday. The 30th anniversary season for the beloved company will include world premieres by Annie Baker and Samuel D. Hunter, as well as new productions from Anna DeVere Smith and Dominique Moriso. On October 5th, Annie Baker's new show, Infinite Life, will begin performances. Then on October 12th, uh, Anna DeVere Smith's Twilight, Los Angeles 1992, will start performances. Then in February of 2022, Morisot's Confederates uh, will begin performances uh, off-Broadway. And in April of next year, Samuel D. Hunter's A Case for the Existence of God is set to begin. Excellent. Always try to see as much as I can from the signature. Yeah, excellent season. Goodness. Yep. And finally, a feel-good recommendation, which is short, and I was hoping for a little bit more than what they gave us, but... Uh, yesterday, Wicked released some very cool audio from their first performance back on tour in Dallas. Um, and it's the audience cheering for when Glenda comes down in her bubble. And we hear this probably coming straight from the soundboard. So you hear Glenda very clearly say her famous line, it's good to see me, isn't it? <laughs> Cute. Um, which obviously um, for that audience was extra, extra special. <sighs> so we will have that in the show notes. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This is Ashley. All right, everybody. Don't forget Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. Me, Grace, Andy, or Faye this Sunday on This Week on Broadway. Have a wonderful Thursday, and I think actually you and I will be yeah. back to talk to everybody tomorrow. Yeah.